Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, one that Stephanie and I have even guested on called Love to See It. It's a smart and progressive, snarky, but affectionate dissection of reality dating shows and what they say about all of us. Culture writers Emma Gray and Claire Fallon recap shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and beyond. And also, guys, they break down every episode in obsessive detail. And they unpack all the weird messages pop culture sends to us about love, sex, and dating. Listen to Love to See It wherever you get your podcasts. She said it because of his wet blanket energy. <laughs> Unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons. We are just happy you're here. So join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. All right, guys, let's creep. So Monday night was the Bachelor finale and Zach is getting backlash, but not for why you would think he's getting backlash. So poor Zachy, I guess he didn't get a talking to prior to posting to social media, but he posted a photo of him and Katie and he writes, the love of my life, this woman right here deserves the world. I'm beyond thankful to have her in my life. I fall more in love with you each and every day. I love you, best friend. But the problem was he posted it before the finale aired on the West Coast and he got so much pushback. Mm -hmm. Now, like, I think after, like, the next morning, fair game. After it airs on West Coast, fair game. But he's posting it, and all these people haven't even seen it yet. So these are the comments that we've got. Well, I guess West Coasters don't need to watch the show. Thanks. Damn. Spoiler alert for West Coast. Crying in Pacific time. I will say, though... As someone who used to be West Coast, so would have to deal with this. Get off Instagram. That's, that's a little bit on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is nothing new. You know, this is always a schedule for literally any show everywhere that if you're on the West Coast, you're going to be a little bit behind. So just plan accordingly. Like, don't go on the internet if you know it's already aired on the East Coast. I think, like, rookie mistake, honestly. I hear you. And I guess for, like, a page, like, She's All Batch, sure. Avoid it for the night. But you're The Bachelor. How have you not been briefed by ABC? ABC posted, but they post like a million spoiler alerts before they actually reveal who it is. It just seemed like very much. And Katie didn't post herself, which I wonder if it's because of the pushback Zach got. Yeah, I mean, definitely a mistake on his part. Like, he definitely didn't read a piece of paper or missed an email or something because they definitely brief them being like, this is when you can finally post with your significant other. So... Sorry, Zach. But I mean, I guess he was just so excited to share his one true love with the world. He was blinded by love. He couldn't control it. But Katie was not blinded because she has yet to post. At the time of this recording, we have no feed posts from Katie, nothing from Gabby. Yeah, no, she just reposted Zach's post on her story. And yes, Gabby, we have no posts, no stories, no nothing. She has been totally radio silent just about this whole week, which kind of breaks my heart. It makes me feel like she's really going through it. I think something that is also interesting to note is Ariel is going on The Vile Files on Thursday. So by the time this comes out, her episode will probably already be out with them. But I know Nick always wants to go for the runner-up. And given the time that Gabby had during the finale, you would think that she would be the one that he's going for first, which makes me think she said, no, I'm not ready. And that, so then he brought on Ariel so that also leads me to believe Gabby's like really going through it. The fact that she's not doing vile files either. Did he ever get Tino? Eventually, but Tino he needed did? a few weeks to um Was it anything? Chill. I don't remember even covering it. Did was it anything no, even good? No, it wasn't, honestly. Um it it was nothing that we didn't already know. I think the biggest thing was like, oh, well, we finally find out what was 
Remember there was a whole thing between him and Rachel that was like some mystery that they weren't really addressing both of them. They're like, oh, you want to go there? You want to go there? You want to go there? There was something personal that neither of them were willing to discuss. That's the only thing I cared about. And Nick didn't ask about that. So. Hmm. Maybe Gabby will eventually make her podcast rounds i I know that in the beginning in the beginning of her time on the show when the show was first airing she went on like clickbait i'm pretty sure i saw her on like you know when they just like interview random contestants but the contestants can't say anything because they're still on the show yeah yeah it's abc interviewing the contestants so it's like the most vanilla interview Mm -hmm. i'm pretty sure gabby did one of those and that would have been when she was even more raw like, it was closer to when she broke up with Zach. So I wonder... Maybe, like, honestly, she said that watching it back made it harder. So maybe she's, like, going through it again. Mm-hmm. That can't be easy. I know. I'm wishing her the best. Wishing her the best, girl. And I'm still holding out that they'll make her a bachelorette after Jarity. But yeah. I think the more likely option is that she's just going to be a paradise star. Yeah. Check out our finale recap if you haven't listened to it yet, though by the way. But speaking of Nick Vial, so moving on to our next story, Nick Vial admits to staging a fake relationship with Rachel Bilson. So Nick had Rachel Bilson on his show the other, I guess, last week. And when I first saw that she was on the show, my first thought was, oh man, like, is Natalie okay with that? Like he used to date Rachel Bilson. Mm -hmm. Turns out that was completely fake. They laugh about it because it's such a funny thing to do to stage your relationship. Here is what they said. Well, we can debunk the fact that uh, it seems like nowadays when you get uh, uh, written up about past relationships or even myself, they'll throw in, uh, <laughs> they'll throw in us. Our super epic relationship. Yeah, the Nick, relationship. A that dinner. Nev- a nev- confirmed dinner. A confirmed that, that, dinner with a group of people. With a group of people that never happened. Like, yeah. yeah. No, Nick and I never uh, dated. We, we did clarified. troll the internet. Though. We did. Yeah, so that's that on was us. Fun. That is on us. Like, it we, was. We were, we, we were messing around. Yeah. Not together, but I mean with the internet. We were both epically single, and we wanted the attention. This is a shit story (laughs) question, but do you feel like there was one of you, obviously, like, neither, you were very happy, like, keeping it where it was. Do you think there was one of you who was, like, more open to being like, "Eh, if it progressed, I feel slightly more open to that possibility? I don't think so. I don't think it ever got to a point where... Yeah, because we, she was on my podcast, we became good friends, I quickly had this idea, we almost did... A, a bachelor podcast together because i'm obsessed with that ba- yeah. well not as of late but i am a fan so we instead of recapping on the vile files which we started doing in january rachel and i were going to do a, like a spin-off podcast and you know she was going to be like the celebrity guest and i was going to be the insider and it was gonna be called making love with nick and rachel <laughs> i had an instagram saved already for it yeah Aww. I mean, good thing they didn't go forward with that podcast. I'm glad we don't have Making Love with Nick and Rachel to compete with on a weekly basis. Yeah, I mean, I would have enjoyed it. I think that would have been a good podcast. I mean, this doesn't surprise me at all. I think, like, go off. I mean, I think people in the entertainment industry literally do this all the time. And so the fact that they were kind of being linked together because she was a guest on his podcast, of course they're going to run with it. Especially Nick, Mr. Attention-seeking man. Like, I I don't expect anything less than him doing that. It kind of reminded me of the, when he was in the car with Johnny and, or we don't actually know if they were in a car together, but when he was with Johnny and Natalie and they were purposely posting things, mm-hmm. remember? Oh, when, yeah, yeah. Like he's openly admitting like, yeah, we were bored and we wanted attention and we were both single and we just wanted to get attention. Like I couldn't imagine being in a place in my life that if I was just bored, I could tweet something or post a picture with someone and then just like wait for the headlines to come. Like, can you imagine being that level of fame that 
you can just manipulate. Yeah. I mean, I think that's how you stay relevant, you know. But then people call other people crazy for when they say like, oh, Kylie Jenner posted this booty selfie to distract from some news that's going on. And everyone's like, oh, that's crazy. That's not that's not true. I'm sure it no, is. No, 100% a very I strategic- think it's true. Anything that comes out of that machine, the Car Jenner machine, um, is v- incredibly strategic. I don't think Kylie's ever spontaneously posting anything, quite frankly. Yeah. Does it not make you question everything Nick does, though? Because if he knows that he has this much power in a post. I've been on to him for a while now. I feel like in the past like six months, there's been a lot of people in our Facebook group being like, I can't believe Nick's doing this. Oh my God, this, what was it? It was some birthday or some Valentine's Day or something where he posted like a montage of him and Natalie, but he was like low-key basically naked and like it cut off like right before you see his dick. And it's just like, he's the king of getting people. And then everyone's like, oh my God, this is crazy. Oh my God. It's like, guys, he's doing this on purpose. Like he is trolling you to stay relevant. And he's done an amazing job at it for like years now. I don't get why people are surprised. I feel like I've been on to him. And Natalie has started doing the same thing because Natalie posts now a lot more like thirst trappy photos and stuff. And people are like, wow, this is too much. I'm like, you don't think she's doing this on purpose, guys? Like she is getting you to share her Instagram and getting her engagement up. Like I think it's all strategic. They're like, if we post something like gross, people will talk about it. And they do it all the time. Yeah. He's kind of mastered it. Nick reminds me of the type of guy that would have mirrors on his ceiling and watch himself while he has sex with someone else. Because I think ultimately, <laughs> like, he's, you, okay. <laughs> no, I just think he is so invested in himself and, and obsessed with himself that he would rather look at himself while he's doing it than someone else. But even like his Vial Files Plus, mm-hmm. did you see that thing? Like it's the, his version of Patreon, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool that he made his own instead of, yeah, he did that whole dance in the street to I Want It All. I think it's like Sharpay Evans sings it, right? Oh, yeah. But it's like so outlandish and it's such a, he's being, he's really going for it and being almost like a parody of himself. And at first I looked at it like, oh my God, Nick, what are you doing? And then I'm watching and it's making me laugh. And I'm like, wow, you're actually, you don't give a shit. As long as we are talking about you, you truly don't care. And at the end of the day, it probably got more people to sign up for his absolutely little subscription service he's got going on. No, I think he's brilliant, honestly. The Howard Stern of our generation. I know. There's no such thing as haters. There's people who care and people who don't. Mm-hmm. Truer words were never spoken. And Nick said it, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that, yep. isn't that the quote? Wow, we're being very nice to him right now. I I do think he's smart. Like, the more it goes on, I'm just like, you are playing the game perfectly, actually. Agreed. Who can I fake a relationship with to get more attention to She's All Batch? We'll work on it. We'll find a guest. Someone who's been a guest on the show. We'll we'll fake a relationship. It should be someone that we interview and then... And then we go hang out somewhere at a little place in New York and then... I post a sly little like Insta story of like someone's hand like soft launching something. Okay, we can we can mm-hmm. work with this. We Photoshop like a She's All Batch sweatshirt into his photo mm. and leak those photos. Yeah, and yeah, we're like, yeah. why was he wearing a She's All Batch sweatshirt? Is he dating Jackie? Right, 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 right. I'll call page six. I think this is brilliant. We should do it. Okay, sounds good. All right, moving on. So last week we had Sydney on the podcast and she opened up about how once you're kicked off the show or you leave or you're no longer on the show, ABC wants you to get out of there as quickly as possible. I shared a clip to She's All Batch, basically just sharing that, and Demi Burnett commented on her experience. So when Demi was kicked off the show, I guess this happened in China, 
Demi said, I missed my flight in China, so I was at the airport for like 12 hours with no money. I had to buy five minutes of Wi-Fi and call my dad begging him to send me money so I can get a napping lounge room because they don't sleep on benches in the airport there. So you are now, you've been on the show for what, a month and a half, falling in Mm -hmm. love with Colton, and you get kicked off the show, and now you're in a foreign country, and you're literally, you can't go to sleep on a bench, so you... What the hell do you do? Yeah, but I'm like, why didn't she have any money? She gets her wallet back at this point, right? I guess she didn't have any money left. I don't know. But why isn't there, like, a handler that makes sure you get home? Yeah, yeah. Like, shouldn't there be someone that has to fly home with you? Especially, like, the mental state of some of these people. If you're, like, really going through it after being kicked off the show, spiraling, not sure how they're going to portray you on TV, and now you're in a foreign country Mm -hmm. trying to find a place to nap. No, I know. They definitely should have – it's, like, crazy to me that they don't have someone taking them home. Or at the very least, like, taking them to the airport and not just dropping them off at the airport, but, like, going to the airport with them and making sure they get on a plane somewhere. Like, buy a ticket yeah. for this other random person. This person doesn't have to get on the plane, too, back to the United States. But, like, you, someone should be sitting there with them, especially if they have, like, some 12-hour layover or something crazy. I mean, that would give me anxiety if I was traveling in a foreign place that I wasn't familiar with. And I know for me, I would feel a little bit more comfortable if I had one of those microdose gummies if I were traveling alone, because at least it would make me feel, like, more at peace, more calm. So we want to take a second and just talk to you guys about these microdose gummies. I know you've tried them for sleep. No, yeah, they've been so good for sleeping. I don't know if you guys have had this experience, but I've always in the past tried to shy away from gummies. I feel like THC doesn't always sit right with me. Like I sometimes get paranoid if I smoke or anything like that, but the dose that they have figured this out, it's such a little bit of THC with mostly CBD. So you're getting all of the relaxing effects, but you're not getting in your head as much as you would with like a typical gummy or a different THC product. And that's what I love about it is it's a perfect way to just kind of like relax and unwind without getting wound up as I sometimes have gotten in the past with THC products. Totally. And lucky for us, today's show is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. They, like Jackie said, they deliver the perfect entry-level dose of THC that helps you relax at the end of the day. Yeah, so if you guys are interested in learning more about Microdose, you can go to microdose.com and use code SHESALLBATCH to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. So links can be found in the show description. That is microdose.com with code SHESALLBATCH. Well, moving on, so a thought's actually brought to my attention that there may be trouble in paradise with Peter and Kelly. We don't actually know the status of their relationship at the moment. Last we were told, they were together. However, this thought's wrote on a bikini thirst trap of Kelly's and said, pretty sure they broke up. And that comment is no longer there. So go off, Kelly. If you want to delete comments that are making you unhappy, go for it. But it begs the question, what is going on with Kelly and Pilot Pete? I don't know. What do you think? I mean, they haven't posted together in quite a while, but once again, like that really doesn't mean anything. But I remember when they got together this last time, I was saying, if they're going to do this yet again, like it better be for the long haul, like they better be getting married. And so I feel like if they were to break up again, they would try to do it as quietly, quietly, quietly as possible. So I don't know if we'll ever know until it's like six years later and they were never seen together again. Then we can be like, oh, I guess we can assume they're broken up now. Yeah. They probably are still together. They probably are also too. Both of them are a lot more removed from the spotlight now. So I think they're kind of like 
I don't think they consider themselves like a bachelor couple. So I think they can just be like, you know, we're not gonna, we don't have to post a lot and like prove to people our relationship. Like they're doing their thing. So I feel like maybe they probably are together. They just don't feel like they have to play the whole game so much anymore. If this is like a real relationship. They're the opposite of Nick. Yeah. Not playing the game. Right. Not caring, not giving in. So I guess we'll, we support it, but let's just put it out there that it's on our radar. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when we, it was on our radar about Chris and Anna getting together. And then that came to fruition, which it's just on our radar. We don't know which way it's going to go, but I guess, I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Truth and time tells all, Justin Bobby. So true. Okay, we're going to kick off Bachelor Encounters. That is when you guys submit stories of meeting Bachelor Nation in the wild. We read about it on air. And I think it's, it's a great time. A great time. See, typically I lean more towards saying it's a good time. But if you're going to say mm-hmm. it's a great time, I'm open to leveling up. Level up. Get on my level because Mm -hmm. we've got some good ones this week. Okay. First one is about Rachel Lindsay. Rachel Lindsay I saw years ago in New York City, like long before COVID. I wasn't the biggest Bachelor fan back then. I recognized her from Nick's season, but truly no clue if she had already been the Bachelorette at that point. I was walking down the street and she was sitting outside eating lunch with another woman who seemed like a friend. I weirdly remembered she was eating a salad and it looked really good. Anyway, I just said, I recognize you from The Bachelor, which in hindsight is so rude to just blurt that out as she's in the middle of lunch, but I was a dumb teenager, so whatever. She was so nice about it. She said, hi. I told her I didn't watch the whole season, but was glad that she went far. She said, thank you and laughed and said something along the lines of it was a crazy experience. She also told me she liked my earrings and I wore them for like six months straight after that. Aw, that's sweet. That's like Regina George was wearing army pants and flip-flops. Mm-hmm. If Rachel Lindsay likes your earrings, you wear them six months straight. That's just what you do. Yeah, absolutely. This is a nice story. I'm glad that she was nice because I do think it is a little jarring to approach people when they're mid-meal. Eating. Yeah. Like that is kind of a, a no-no. But it also seems like she was like on the st- – it was one of those res- restaurants that's like on the street. Yeah, so you're yeah. like walking by and like, hi. <laughs> right, yes, like a would you person. like a bite of my salad? <laughs> yeah. Uh, what salad? Amazing question. Are we talking like a nice Greek chicken Caesar, buffalo chicken extravaganza? Yeah, comment back, please. We need to know what type of salad. Next one. I should preface this all by saying I am really terrible at timelines or knowing exactly when things happened in terms of the calendar year. Not a good way to start, but we'll we'll help you through. Okay. I saw a pilot Pete out two different times in New York City. The first was not long after his show aired, I think the following summer. He was with a few guy friends but didn't recognize any of them from the Bachelor franchise. We were waiting to get into a bar and there was a line because it was one in, one out. It was also the age of very strict COVID rules. I recognized him and was like, hey, you're Peter. Fun fact, though, this is the same person as the Rachel person. And this is two times now that you really, (laughs) yeah, she submitted more than one. So you're just like going up to them and telling them how you know them. So I do think out at a bar is better than while eating with one other person. But especially if you're you're eating a delicious salad, I don't want to talk to you. But I'm glad that people are being nice back to you. So Peter said hi back, but I could tell he wasn't into chatting. Him and his friends then tried telling the front door guy they knew people inside and were on some kind of list and seemed very annoyed when the guy didn't entertain it at first. Hold up. So Peter is stuck outside the bar trying to get in, and this is after he was The Bachelor? That's what she said in the beginning, right? Yeah, The Bachelor doesn't give you a free pass to every single place in New York City. I think it does. And he's out there being like, don't you know who I am? I was Pilot Pete. And they're like, sir, that is not how this works, but okay. I'm surprised that the the actual lead Bachelor doesn't have enough notoriety that they can get into the fucking club. 
I'm not. That's crazy. Well, you're a New York City girl. Well, I just, I don't think that will really get you so far in some of these places. It depends on where, but you know, we'll see. They did end up getting in before us. I saw him once inside talking to girls, but didn't want to approach him. No one else in there seemed to recognize him or care, which kind of made me laugh. Classic New York City. Mm -hmm. The second time I saw him was also out in New York City last fall. So fall 22 fall 2022, maybe September. It was a much better experience. We were already inside the bar when he came in with Dustin and another guy. My two friends and I were standing at the bar and they walked up to order their drinks and they're like, oh my God, it's Pilot Pete. He was actually so nice and we ended up talking to them for like 10 minutes. I didn't ask about any bachelor stuff, mostly about living in New York City and his piloting lifestyle, which I'm sure he preferred. He loves to talk about, yes. Anything non-bachelor. I didn't get the sense he was hitting on us, but also wasn't not interested if that makes sense sure i mean he could have not been explicitly hitting on but it's like you guys are cute girls he's not gonna not talk to you you know and he was probably with kelly at the time i'll point out the difference between the first interaction with him and the second i think the second if he's talking to you for 10 minutes it's because they may have their eyes on you more than Mm -hmm. maybe in the first situation they're like oh we already have girls we're talking to yeah 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 for sure that's how guys are It was early in the night, more of a late happy hour scene. Only one of the girls with us was single, and I told her that if we saw them later in the night, we should buy him a drink, but we didn't end up staying at the bar too late, left probably around 10, and by that point, we saw them sitting with other girls. Mm, Didn't Mm. move quick enough, but honestly, they were so friendly and approachable, and no one seemed to be making a fuss, didn't have the why-don't-you-know-who-I-am vibes like he did the first time. Mm. Well, he's probably been humbled, because that that first time was like right... Maybe a year, what did she say, a year after, or no, that summer after he was on on The Bachelor? So he's giving a, I'm Peter The Bachelor vibe, and now it's been a few years. He's gotten not automatically into a couple places in New York. He's been humbled. He knows (laughs) that's not going to get you so far. Um, When did him and Kelly get together? Because I feel like this 2022 one could be when they were together. I feel like you can't, I mean... We just had a creep about them earlier. I never know what their timeline is because I never know if they're actually together. But I remember, remember I went to Trader Joe's with my mom and saw Dustin and that was right on the weekend that it was announced because my mom went back to ask Dustin. She's like, wait, are Peter and Kelly back together? Like, I need to know. Um, And they, and Dustin and his girlfriend just like laughed and were like, yeah, they are. But I remember the weather being kind of warm. So I'm like, was that maybe early fall? You're doing the Lord's work by asking Well, your mom was. She was. I know. Because we had just – we just walked in and said, like, hi, and then, like, went on our merry way. And then my mom's like, wait, I need to go back and get the tea. I'm like, okay. It's so cute. We have one more if you're ready for it. I'm so ready. Or are you looking up the timeline? Sorry. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out – October 2022 is when they got together. Yeah. That would make sense. So this was before it, right? What? The encounter? I thought – the encounter was, was fall 2022. Yeah, she said maybe September. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah. Then that was right before. Okay. This person writes, I've had quite a few bachelor encounters living in New York, but I think I was most pleasantly surprised by this one. <laughs> First of all, way to set it up. That's what I like to see. Set me up for something Success. exciting. Now I'm now I'm on the edge of my seat. Who did you meet? What'd they do? What were they eating? We're about to find out. I'm loving all these New York ones, too. New York representation. I know. You kind of need to step it up, though. I know. Like, you're you're walking the streets. I know. I know. Get us some content. I'll try. Okay. Just that one time with Dustin at Trader Joe's and that's I know. Stand outside Tyler Cameron's apartment. Okay. And just smell him and wait. Okay. 
I work for Major League Baseball, somewhat irrelevant fun fact, I know you always appreciate those, and was at a Yankees playoff game in October 2018 with my husband. We were wandering the concourse, people watching and scanning the crowd for some coworkers, when I took a double take after coming upon none other than the recent Bachelor in Paradise couple, at the time, Astrid and Kevin. I have been a Bachelor franchise fan since season one and have not missed an episode of The Bachelor or the spinoff shows. No judgment, please. So, of course, I immediately needed to reverse my course and follow them. My husband has also watched all episodes with me since we began dating nine years ago. Good job, husband. We did a full 180 and picked up speed to track them down, and I tapped Kevin on the shoulder. They both turned around, and oh my goodness, Astrid is even more beautiful in person. She is much more petite than I expected, as she gave off taller model appearance on the show. I agree. Mm -hmm. And... I was shocked as to how small she really is. Kevin was super sweet and did not seem annoyed that I stopped them in the middle of a crowded Yankee stadium during baseball playoffs. He was much shorter and smaller in in stature than I expected. That's crazy because I picture both of them as like a six foot tall couple. Like Kevin is giving tall energy and so is Astrid. I always thought she was like similar height to him, but I thought he was like six foot. Maybe you just thought that because Because they're both short. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it always tends to go the other way. You think, weird, she's saying, okay. She said, I feel like it always tends to go the other way. You think people are taller in person than on TV, but this was the quite opposite. I said Mm -hmm. hi and told them I was a fan and apologized for likely startling them in the middle of the Bronx. I will note that I had recently just had major shoulder surgery and had a huge sling on my arm, which I suspect made them more sympathetic to me. But they were super lovely and mentioned they appreciated my stopping them and how cool it was to be at Yankee Stadium for the game. So I should go to Yankee Stadium and bring an arm sling, and then maybe I'll have a bachelor encounter. Write that down. Put it in the planner. Kevin asked me what happened to my arm, and I chatted with him quickly about the surgery. I also mentioned that I worked for baseball. Need to give myself some street credit. And I told them to let me know if there was anything I could do for them. Not sure why I did that, as there was literally nothing I could do for them at that moment. But I suspected it made me sound more important and made them speak to me longer. Like, what are you going to get? I'm like a hot dog? Like, <laughs> what can you? I don't know what kind of perks come with whatever jobs yeah. at the, the MLB she has. That's the kind of perks that I would want. Like, that, if someone said that to me at Yankee Stadium, I'd be like, can you get me a pretzel? without waiting on that line. Did she say what she does for MLB or she just works for MLB? She just works there. So she has connections at the snack station. Connections with the people who work in concessions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they were lovely and beautiful and seemed genuinely happy together. Fast forward five years later, we know it worked out. We took a picture in the middle of the crowded concourse, which I've attached here, sling on full display. For context, I'm about 5'3 and was wearing probably two-inch booties. And she's just shorter than them. I'll share the picture. Oh, wow. But So she's 5'3 and wearing two-inch booties, and she's not much shorter than them. That's crazy. You guys got to see yeah. this to believe it. <laughs> Seriously. We'll get like a measuring – you know how you can put like measuring tape things? Yeah, or put something that like this cup for scale and put it like next to them so they can see relative. Yeah, exactly. Then she said, big fan of your podcast and hope you enjoyed this fun encounter. Jesse, We did. I enjoyed this. That was a great one. That was really good. You got the fun facts, mm-hmm. a lot of detail. Yeah. Let's go, Yanks. Let's go. Moving on. Oh, so I meant to text you the other day. I was in Target, and I'm like, you know, going down the aisles, toothpaste, deodorant, and I see at the end cap, like the end of the aisle, a giant display of Lumi whole body deodorant. And I was oh like, god. oh my god. It's like you see a She's All Batch sponsored product in the wild. And I felt like I was so happy and I was so proud that they had such great 
packaging and they had such a prime spot in the store that I know that everyone's going to be snatching up their own Lumi whole body deodorants because it is deodorant for pits, privates, and beyond. So exciting that you saw Lumi in Target. You basically just had a bachelor encounter. I'm not sure if you're aware <laughs> or not. But yeah, guys, Lumi is so great. It was basically created by an OBGYN who discovered and proved with clinical testing that the vagina is literally not to blame for day-to-day odor below the belt. And she kept getting patients that were coming to her being like, what the heck? Like, can you give me a prescription for this? And she just knew that that wasn't necessary. So she created Lumi, a uniquely formulated pH balanced deodorant. It's aluminum free, skin safe, and it's clinically proven to control odor for up to 72 hours. And I have the toasted coconut one and it smells amazing. I'm literally obsessed with it. Bury me with it all over my body. Like the toasted coconut's my favorite as well. Mm-hmm. It smells so good. It's like an island tropical vacation. Yeah. So like we said, it is a whole body deodorant, the first of its kind. It's seriously safe to try anywhere on your body. Pits, under boobs, thigh folds, belly buttons, butt cracks, vulvas, feet, probably not inside your mouth, but pretty much everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat it, even though you're going to want to, because it smells so good. But it is clinically proven to block odor all day long and control odor for up to 72 hours. So you can literally go to Stagecoach for the freaking weekend and Mm -hmm. loomy yourself up and you are good to go. Yes. And we like the toasted coconut one, but they have other amazing flavors too, like clean tangerine and flavors. They're not flavors. Well, they're flavors in a way. They're flavors for your nose. Okay, variety of scents, clean tangerine and lavender sage and also toasted coconut. Try all of them. They all smell amazing. Right. We just don't want to say flavors because now we've already brought up the mouth. We're just (laughs) going to send the wrong message here, guys. Do not eat your deodorant, but you're going to want to put it on. You're going to want to smell it. And unlike some deodorants that try to mask odor with fragrance, Lumi is formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it starts. It's more like a pre-odorant as opposed to a deodorant. See what I did there? Mm-hmm, 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 yes. And so you guys can try Lumi's starter pack. It's amazing for new customers because it comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, and then two free products of your own choice. And they have like little body washes or deodorant wipes. The wipes are great, honestly, too, if you just want like a little refresh. I like will just like wipe my pits down and you get free shipping with the Lumi starter pack as well. And a special offer for our listeners. New customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code She's All Batch. Go to lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-M-E deodorant.com. This equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code she's all batch. Can't wait to smell you. Did I tell you I got a few DMs of people asking me for suggestions on places to stay for FOTSFest. People are traveling to New York City. First of all, love you guys for that. But mm-hmm. they're reaching out to me and I'm like, please DM Jackie because I do not know a place to tell you to go in New York City. I know how to get like to like Times Square and back. That's pretty yeah, much my no, extent. I've gotten a few messages. And obviously, like, you know, I'm, I'm messaging everyone individually who's asking me. It depends on your budget, a bunch of things. But I am struggling because nowhere in New York City, even the nicest, best hotel, is going to have attitude sheets. So your sleep may not be the best quality that it could possibly be. Unless you're packing attitude sheets with you to come to FOSFAS. <laughs> Which maybe you need to do that to come to Fats Fest. And then even when you're at a five-star resort in New York City, 
you'll still be comfortable. That's the only downfall. You get Mm -hmm. used to sleeping on sheets that are so comfortable that when you go to like a five-star hotel, it's still not good enough because you don't have your sheets. Attitude Sustainable Bedding is made from the world's first non-toxic bamboo fabric. So it's free from harmful chemicals and it's better for you and for the planet. So not only is it incredibly comfortable. It's also incredibly eco-friendly too, which is a win-win. Yeah. And Etitude is offering She's All Batch listeners $25 off your first bedding purchase if you use code She's All Batch at checkout. And the best part is you can literally try them for 30 nights risk-free. And if you don't absolutely love them, which is a joke because I know you're going to love them, you can in theory return them, but I know you're not going to want to. None of the returns ever go to waste too, which is amazing. Each sheet pillowcase and everything in between is given a second life through their take back and donation program. So that's also really awesome as well. They're doing a lot of good stuff at Attitude. Yeah. So don't forget, you can get $25 off your bedding purchase for a limited time when you visit Etitude.com slash She's All Batch. That's E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com slash She's All Batch. Happy sleeping. So speaking of FOSFEST, let's take a minute and talk about our live podcast event that's happening on April 13th in New York City. As we just said, we have been getting some messages about hotel recommendations. Jackie, can mm-hmm. we direct people, like, where is the actual FOSFEST? Like, what is the area? Yeah, so if you guys are unfamiliar with the city, obviously, you know, FOSFEST is going to be in Manhattan, and the neighborhood is called Flatiron. So anything that's kind of in that vicinity Fifth Avenue 20s range is going to be within walking distance to FOSFEST. Obviously, like, depending on how comfortable you are with the city, you can stay further out. You might be able to find a better deal if you were staying in Brooklyn or Jersey City, but then no, you're going to have to take a train or a cab or something into FOSFEST. But if you want something close by, Flatiron is what you should be looking for. And then, you know, whatever's within your budget and whatever you feel comfortable with. Airbnbs are also a great option, too, for something a little bit more affordable, And just my two cents, you don't want to stay in Midtown or anywhere really above 96th Street. See, that's what I think people want to know. Like, I've worked in the city for years. I don't currently work there. But I don't know, like, the specific, like, Midtown, Flatiron. So I can understand why people are reaching out, not so much to, like, pick a hotel for me, but, like, kind of direct me in terms of where the fuck should I even go? Totally. And Midtown, I mean, you'll still be safe. Like, you can stay. I just think it's, like, it's very crowded. It's very touristy. It's not the ideal NYC experience. But, yeah. I would say Flatiron or anything below as well. Below 14th Street will give you a cute little vibe. Yeah. So what is FOTSFest? We are going to be doing a live podcast recording. We're going to be creeping. We're going to be bachelor encountering. We're going to be interviewing. And you guys are going to be there with us enjoying refreshments, winning merch winning prizes from brands. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. Um, And also too, guys, like we're going to stick around and hang and chat afterwards too. It's not just like you're coming for a one, two hour show and then leaving and we sneak out the back door. Like it is a collaborative, cozy environment. I actually went to another podcast's live show there several months ago, which is how we decided to do this here. And it's really cozy. There's like couches and then like a back area where they have the refreshments and stuff. And then we'll be up at the front doing our show, but it's like very loungy and very hangouty, if that makes sense. Yeah, looking for a night out with like a girlfriend or two, mm-hmm. or come alone. There's plenty of thoughts that are coming alone yeah. and looking to just like link up with other thoughts, and that's totally cool. I want to give a quick shout out to some of the thoughts that purchased tickets already. So thank you to Donna, Abigail, Sierra, Emma, Kristen, Kerry, Lauren, Erica, Tori, Alyssa, Jessica. And Trisha. Those are just a few that purchased tickets. So thank you guys so much. The link to purchase tickets is in the episode description. And if you haven't heard, a portion of the proceeds 
will be donated to the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. That's something we feel really strongly about. So just know if you come and purchase a ticket, you are helping to support a great cause. But the tickets are not going to be on sale forever. So make sure, don't drag your feet. Yeah, also guys, it's a bit of, it's a smaller, more intimate venue. So I do think they're gonna sell out. So if you're thinking like day of, you're just gonna spontaneously get a ticket, I don't know if they're gonna be available. So might as well just get them sooner rather than later so that you're locked in for a night of amazing times. Yeah, and if you miss out, the only person to blame is yourself. Mm. And you don't mm-hmm. want to live with that kind of regret. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we'll see you on April 13th at 7 p.m. Thoughts Fest 2.0. Woo! All right, guys, we have Cassidy Timbrooks here. You know her from Clayton's season of The Bachelor. Cassidy, welcome to She's All Batch. Hello. Pleasure to be with you, ladies. Hello. We're excited. As am I. Yeah. So... We just always like to start right from the beginning with people. Did you want Clayton to be The Bachelor when you were going on the show? You know, um, when we were in casting, um, I was under the impression that The Bachelor was going to be from um, Katie's season because Michelle's season hadn't begun to air yet. It had already filmed. It was in the process of filming. Um, So I had no way to know who Clayton even was. I was personally hoping that Greg or Andrew would be The Bachelor. I know Michael was in contention too. That was. The I was going to say you're you're a gripple girl, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I, I I would be lying if I said that I wasn't. Uh, definitely a gripple girl. Um, but yeah, Michael was also in contention at the time, and he was the only one that I was a little bit hesitant about being on his season, just because I wasn't. You know, I was 26, so I wasn't ready to be a mom. Um, but no. So when I found out Clayton was the Bachelor, it was very very late in the game, and I wasn't put off by it at all. Although we didn't know anything about this man, um, I thought he was hot normally the kind of guy that I would talk to at a bar so I was like okay we'll just roll with it I'm yeah I'm not interested right that is wait that is crazy did they really go from Katie season to Michelle season to Clayton that's that was the and you had <laughs> Greg and Andrew that is so was paradise in the middle though you know I don't No, I think it went no. right through so. yeah from my memory they went right from Katie to Michelle in succession I believe but Michelle's season hadn't I don't even think it had premiered. I don't even think the night one had aired when we left to film, if my memory is correct. Like, I I didn't even know what Clayton's voice sounded like. I knew, like, two pictures from his Instagram. How do they get the girls hyped up for Clayton, though, if you've never watched him on TV? You know, it's, to my memory, because this wasn't, this was a minute ago now, but the producers came into our room. I want to say that we were literally at the hotel or, like, days before going to the hotel before when we found out that Clayton was The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And over the phone and then in person as well, the producers were just like, he's a great guy. You're going to love him. And I was like, well, but like, wh- why is he the bachelor? And I was, yeah. I, really, I was really trying to mask my disappointment that it wasn't Greg or Andrew, to be honest. So I was like, oh, I still wanted to sound excited. And like, I didn't want to get, you know, booted because I wasn't into the bachelor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, um, okay. So like, wh- why though? And they were like, he's amazing. He's ready for a family. And I was like, okay, is there any other information you can give me? And um, I was told that some things, I I was told some things that we had in common, um, like both of our moms are teachers. Uh, He lived or had family in the Scottsdale area, which is where I was from. So I went into night one, at least feeling like we had a couple things to talk about because I was, I was uh, prepared to know that we had a couple things in common that were actually like important things to have in common, you know, the values of having a teacher as a parent and um, roots in similar parts of the country and such as things like that yeah 
what was your casting process like? Like, were you nominated to go on the show or how did that all work? Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I was, but I, I certainly you nominated yourself. I nominated myself and I requested that several of my friends and family nominate me as well. I am the only okay. tip. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, there was nothing illegitimate about it except for me being like, hey, could you nominate me and say some nice things or whatever? And yeah, and actually I was kind of moved to tears. A couple of my friends sent me the little blurb that they wrote about me and it was all very very sweet and I was like do you really think that about me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um but yeah no I I have been a fan of the show for several years and I was very much interested to see if I could pull off getting cast if people are trying at home to get on The Bachelor how many people do you need to nominate you to get their attention you know if uh, I if I'm to believe what a lot of other people have said I think it can really come down to one single nomination Um, Because you do link your social media profiles. So the casting producers, I'm sure, can very quickly go to your Instagram and get a quick glimpse of if you're the kind of person they want to reach out to. It doesn't Mm -hmm. take very long to do that. Um, I wanted to I wanted to have the highest odds that I could, though. So I um, I wanted my name in the pile as many times as possible. I (laughs) mean, I have a friend who works for the government and just for fun, he looked into it one time and I'm the only person in the world registered under my first and last name. So I was like, if I put my name in the pile enough times, they're going to call me. So yeah, and it's a numbers game. I mean, if they're sifting through a thousand entries, if Cassidy Timbrooks comes up 15 times, it's more likely than someone that's also, only submitted once. This is just the observations that I've made, but I also, I was also hopeful about my chances because, and obviously this isn't a perfect science because there's you know, 10 Hannahs and 10, um, you know, Madisons and things like that. But I feel like generally they try and have like this, this season, for example, there were a bunch of very unique names. I feel like they try and have a limited number of repeat names and there's never, besides Cassie, Cassie Randolph, there had never been a Cassidy on the show. So I was like, I think that's a good, I think that's a, Oh, you like really looked at, like you like thought about this. I'm just, I just kind of, I'm a very observant person. Okay. <laughs> It seemed like you had a strategy. You were you were short-lived on Clayton's season, mm-hmm. um, but you were very memorable, even for only being on the the show for, um, I think, three episodes? Was it three weeks? Yeah, three episodes, and uh, then the women tell all. And I mean, I I was obviously hopeful, as anyone is, that, I, that it would not be a short-lived experience. Mm-hmm. I was really disappointed to take a car back to my apartment and not have traveled and left LA. That, like, mm-hmm. even on its own even if it wasn't a tv show sucks when there was an opportunity to travel and you didn't get to do it um i know like Lindsay w got sent home in houston and she lives in houston so she was like what <laughs> but um <laughs> but uh yeah I, I mean i take pride in been in having been memorable particularly for the in my opinion um the things that people would remember me for are like important in the way of you know um starting a conversation surrounding, you know, friends with benefits and whether or not that means that you are in a relationship or aren't in a relationship. And I think most people fall on the, on the side of believing that that doesn't mean you're in a relationship and that doesn't mean that you're not available to fall in love. And so having yeah, sparked, we have questions about that too. <laughs> yeah. Having sparked conversations like that. And then like the, you know, the comments that were made to me at the women tell all and the way that I kind of defended myself there. I feel like I felt, I felt proud of the things, the, the legacy, uh, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, that yeah you're saying something interesting though about the whole friends with benefits thing like knowing that regardless of whether it's true or not true like 
bringing that up is going to be a topic of conversation in the house and then you're going to get airtime. Was that something you went into like thinking about? Cause you're saying it now and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. Of course That's- you should bring up something like that. Yeah. So, so let me be clear. There's a, there's a difference between being like logical and, you know, kind of having a way of anticipating how this might go mm-hmm. and strategic. Um, and I suppose, I mean, everyone is like strategic to some extent, right? You know, like, okay, I probably shouldn't talk to the bachelor about how much I don't like guys with blue eyes since he has blue eyes. Like that's a strategy. If you want to say that, you know what I mean? But, um, no, I definitely wanted to go far on the show. And I actually, I actually really did like Clayton. I wasn't sure if I would, but on night one, I told all the producers that all the girls, I was way more attracted to him than I thought I was going to be. And so once I met him, I actually was like, maybe I do want a, a real shot with this guy. Um, I definitely shot myself in the foot with the whole friends with benefits thing, but to be honest with you in the house, there is a sense of camaraderie and it kind of feels like a, you know, I'm, I tend to be, I tend to overshare. I, that is just a, a habit of mine. And I was, had a few drinks. Um, and I just blabbed, I just was getting a little too chummy with the girls. And I was like, I don't know. I, it's hard to explain what I was doing. It wasn't like I was bragging or anything as much as just like making conversation by sharing something that in retrospect was, I, if any, honestly, if no, any, but I don't think it was like bad to share is what I'm saying. I'm like, that makes you more memorable on the season than like, cause when I, now when I think back to Clayton season, I'm like, Oh, people at least have something to pin you to, as opposed to there's a bunch of other people that were on the season that I could maybe see their face and put two and two together but I don't really remember what they did it seemed as though on the season though when you were there and Shanae were were there you guys were both on the same page about potentially ruffling feathers or being wanting to be memorable I am definitely someone who went in with a game plan but I've watched the show enough that I didn't really need to to like sit down and strategize to just like kind of know what I was going to do and being outrageous just comes kind of naturally like I wasn't and to be honest with you one of my favorite people who's ever been on the show the person I enjoyed watching the most was Corinne Olympios on Nick's season Mm -hmm. and something about just being there I just kind of channeled my it's hard to explain exactly I didn't do it on purpose that wasn't my plan but it just kind of happened she just erupted I was like I was on my uh I was kind of in my villain bag um but when it came to Shanae it all feels like such a blur because it happened so fast. It was such a, it was such a brief stint of my life, but I palled up with her for a few reasons. Um, we were both recruiters. We were similar age. I mean, everyone's similar age, but you know what I mean? Um, we just, we had a, and you know, we look similar. So we just kind of mm. paired up early on twins. Yeah. And I felt mm-hmm. bad because I felt bad because she had come to, we had spent a long time talking by the pool on like the second day. And here's a little tea. So the whole Elizabeth and Shanae feud, I kind of accidentally started that. Um, the two girls that I was I, on night one, I was, if you, if you watch night one again, every like random shot that I'm in, I'm next to Elizabeth. Elizabeth and I were together most of night one. And then on uh, the day, first day we were in the mansion, I spent most of the day with Shanae. So at that point in time, the two girls that I had spent the most time with were Shanae and Elizabeth. And Shanae had come up to me and she was like, she was upset that she had felt 
slighted by Elizabeth at one point, like brushed off or something. And I think that was, I think that came up in their argument um, on the show. So Shanae had shared that with me and I, I, this, this even might've been like an element of strategy, but I was like, oh no, I don't want the two girls that I'm closest with in the house not to like each other. That's probably not good. So I had gone up to Elizabeth and I was like, hey, just so you know, like Shanae feels like, you know, you brushed her off this morning or whatever. Like she's kind of upset about it. If you, if you want to do anything about that, or, you know, if you want to, just so you know, that's what she just told me. And I, you know, my, my intentions genuinely were to not have my two friends not like each other. I felt like that would be a bad position for me to be in. And then it kind of, that was as far as I had anything to do with it though. And then that whole thing blew up on its own, but that was, uh, that was accidentally my fault. I mean, was there, <laughs> was there anything we saw of that though? Or was there anything that we didn't see of that feud kind of between Elizabeth and Shanae? Cause it's actually funny. I met Elizabeth a few, at this point, maybe it was in almost a year ago. Yeah. yeah. New, I don't know that in New York. Yeah. Something was there too. And had gotten to talking to her. I'm like, dude, what's the deal with Shanae? Like, what was that? And she said she didn't know who was going to be edited as the villain, her or Shanae, which always was in the back of my mind, leading me to believe that there's more that, that we didn't see in that. Well, I think that what Elizabeth might have meant by that is that they really can make anybody look any kind of way. I well, mean, yeah. So to answer your question about my my knowledge of the Shanae and Elizabeth, truth be told, I really don't know. Because by the time their conflict, the night that their conflict really escalated was the same night that Clayton took my rose back. So I was going through all of that while their thing was kind of happening. The only involvement I had was there was a scene where I think they were arguing outside and I was with the girls on the couch. And when they came back in, I just remember it, it aired that I expressed disappointment in Shanae's handling of the situation. I was like, she's acting like, as much as I like Shanae, she's acting like such a jerk or something. So I was frustrated that, like, cause I told you my, my attempt to, I was frustrated that my attempt to get these girls to like squash the beef and just like work it out so that my two friends didn't hate each other. I was disappointed that that backfired. Mm -hmm. um, and I was disappointed that Shanae didn't handle it in a way that was not only like the nice and right thing to do, but in a way that was benefit. At this point I was linked with Shanae. And so if she acted in a way that, you know, came off unfavorably to Clayton, to the girls, to the audience, whatever, I was going to be tied to that in some way. So I was, I was frustrated that she was making us look bad to be like, mm. it, to put it plainly. One moment that sticks out with you on the season was when you met Hillary Duff. I definitely made a meme about this, but how is it when a big celebrity comes on a group date? Are they only like, they film like for five minutes and then they go back in their trailer and they're being like the makeup touched up or is she like really hanging out with you guys all day? No. So, well, so first of all, my reaction was super genuine. I, my, my very first concert I ever went to is Hillary Duff. I said that on the show, but it, it's true. Um, Hillary Duff definitely was sort of an orbiting person on the date. Like she didn't like pop in for five minutes and bounce. Um, but there was a conversation where like, I don't know that the kids were actors, just to make that clear, I'm not like giving behind the scenes information. I don't know that for sure. But what I do know was I knew Hillary Duff had three kids. So I went up to Hillary at one point and I was like, are any of these kids yours? And she was like, no, none of them are mine. And I was like, so do you know any of them? And she was like, no. So I was like, okay. At that point, I figured that this was prop that, that these kids were probably actors. And my level of care for 
whoever's birthday it was or wasn't went down significantly after that. I was like, okay, well, if none of these kids are Hillary's, then I don't really care. So did you purposely mess up like the birthday cake? Wasn't that what happened on that date? No, I, I definitely didn't. Uh, that would have been a pretty villainous, funny thing to do. And I almost wish that I'd thought of it, but I was not, it's kind of funny. I pro I promise you on this podcast, my plan was not to be a villain. I wanted to be America's sweetheart, but I just can't fight what's inside. And I am just a little bit of a messy girl. I promise on She's All Batch. I love it on this podcast. <laughs> I swear I wanted to be America's sweetheart, but I'm just a demon. I can't help it. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I I didn't do it on purpose. I had, I had been, I had been invited to bring the cake over and uh, in a way that I thought would make me look good or that, that I thought, I thought it would look, I don't know. It was definitely a moment that I knew that, the cameras were going to be on and I was like okay cool they want me to do something that'll be on camera like that seemed like a, a good thing at the time um and I didn't drop it on purpose I don't know that the kid pushed it out of my hand I don't know if he just ran at me and I kind of flinched and it fell but I, I promise I didn't do it on purpose do you think you were set up to fail because you said a producer chose you for that moment like did they kind of make that turn I yeah, were they like, Cassidy's really drunk. She may drop this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like if I were a producer on a show like that, which is definitely something that I have honestly been interested in, I, I think it's a very fascinating job. Um, I think that it's, I think that they probably try to leave themselves as many options as possible. I think that early on, especially that early on, they don't know if I'm going to be a villain or a good guy and, and same with anybody else. So it's like, you know, if I had ended up being the one Clayton picked, they probably would have left out the cake dropping part. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I think mm -hmm. that they just kind of record everything and leave themselves enough options to make anybody a good guy or a bad guy, depending. Totally. So, you know, I think it was like, hey, if she becomes a villain, this will be cool or this will be useful. And if she doesn't, then we'll just leave it out of the edit. I think is probably the thought process that goes into that. I just wanted to ask one more thing about Shanae. It, will she be acting a part or like, is that really how she acts? I've, I've needed to know the answer to this question for a very long time. So I'm going to, I'm going to use my words carefully because Shanae and I aren't friends anymore. She unfollowed me on Instagram and I asked her about it and she never texted me back. So I'm not sure, but we were, mm -hmm. we were quite friendly for a while after the show. Um, yeah, we didn't have a falling out or anything. I just don't know. I don't know if she went on, par went on paradise and just decided that, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to speculate, but we were friends for, for quite a time after the show when none of the other girls were, when none of the other girls would talk to her. Um, and she was really upset about that. I know that her anguish going into the tell all was genuine. She said on the, on the hot seat, if I remember that she hadn't eaten and she was really in a, in a dark place. And I, that, that I know to be true because leading up to the women tell all, she was telling me that in confidence as a friend. Um, so on that front, I do, I, I believe her to be a genuine person. And after the, after she got sent home, of course I didn't, the show was still filming, but she told me what had happened and she was on a two-on-one and, and I drove like an hour and a half to go see her, like as soon as she had been back and as soon as she left the show pretty much. And in fact, I had been at lunch with a few of the other girls that day. And then I, I either didn't tell them I was going to see Shanae or I did. And they kind of like, basically I knew that the, they genuinely didn't like Shanae and I didn't want to, you know what, I, th th that was all, that was all real. People really didn't like Shanae after the show and Shanae 
and I really were friends. Mm-hmm. And so I went to see her. And what I, what I will say and can say is that she completely fucking honestly, as a friend, just me and her and her sister's house really liked Clayton. She really didn't understand why she got sent home. She was like, she seemed to think, I was like, I think they're going to make you a villain. And she was like, how can they, she, she didn't think she was definitely not sure she was going to be a villain. She was like, I don't understand though, but I really did like him. And I, she thought that she was sincere. And I think that she was too. And I think that she, whatever gene it is where you, you know, that you're being sincere and honest and you're like, how is it possible that I was acting like a demon that Mm -hmm. I have? She has it, I think just a little more. Mm-hmm. yeah but how could she feel that way with like some of this I mean I believe that maybe her feelings Meryl were real Street. towards Clayton yeah. but like some of her the things that she would say in her ITMs I'm like no real person is saying this. I know like, why I know. why why <laughs> unless she was drunk and she like literally didn't remember that she like well, and maybe the producers were like hyping her up being like no this is funny like keep going well because Courtney Robertson like has literally said she's like I didn't know she's like I thought America was gonna love me she said that when she yeah. got engaged to Ben she said nailed it and like she like yeah. she thought she was going to be America's sweetheart. And she's like, I thought I was being funny in my ITMs and I'm think, drinking with producers. Yeah. So you don't I, like realize. I definitely think that there's an element of that because I honestly felt the same way. So I'm seeing some of Shanae's ITMs. It was confusing to me that I remember her being so sincerely, like, how could they possibly make me a villain? Seeing the ITMs, I was like, girl, what, what do you think? <laughs> but I, I believe that she really wasn't sure what was going to happen with that. Um, but comparatively, you know, I also thought I was being funny in my ITMs. And honestly, I I still think that I was, I, I wasn't sure why I was considered a villain at first, but, um, there is an element though, of like, when you're in the ITMs and like, you're having a good time and the, the, whoever's in there with you is laughing and and encouraging you and whatever you, you feel like you're being funny. And then, you know, all they do is put a little ominous music over it. And my, you know, like, saying anything to the effect of like, I'm Meryl Streep, or when I said like, game on bitches, or mm-hmm. whatever, all it all, all it takes is a little bit of an ominous score to make a funny little like, ha mm-hmm. uh like dark and mean. And it, when that was not the intention. So there is a line, obviously, where it's like, how could you possibly think that that could be anything but villainous? But I, I, I heard Courtney, I've heard several of Courtney's interviews. And although we are light years apart, I, I felt similarly in that respect to the ITM situation, because yeah. I mean, just for example, the night that Clayton gave me a group date rose, I had shared with him that my dad had died from brain cancer less uh, about exactly a year before the group date, like within a few days. And I had told him that, you know, I'm kind of the the pillar of stability in my family and like everyone really needs me right now. So like being here is definitely a sacrifice, but I'm, I'm happy to do it. And I'm excited to be here with you. And, you know, I had shared that with him. And when he gave me the group date rose in my head, I was perceiving that as validation that we had physical chemistry because we've made out a lot. And also that he appreciated that I had shared that with him. Yeah. I had no idea what any of the other girls talked about. I don't know if they opened up that early on or whatever, but like I said, I'm a very open person. I overshare. I probably should have probably should have waited on that one. That was probably a little too soon, but I just, no, I, but, but you um, took it as validation. Like he liked you too, and you were going to stay. Yeah, but in the, in what was shown, you know, I think that there were, 
in, in retrospect, I'm glad that it was left out because I'm I'm glad that my dad's tragic passing was not reduced to, you know, uh, a plot point in a reality TV show. But um, in the edit, I was like, hang on a second. Like they they cut all of that out. So it looked like Clayton was just giving me a rose because I was all over him, which mm -hmm. made me and Clayton look bad. And that was not fair. Not only, you know, I was gonna be gone in the next episode. So it wasn't like that big of a deal, but pretty quickly made Clayton look like he was, I don't know how you wanna call it, shallow or there for, you know, just to make out with girls. It, it, it didn't have a really good look for Clayton, especially for it to be the first rose that he gave out. I thought that was a little bit, a little bit unfair to, to him and to me. Mm -hmm. So there has been talk throughout our call about um, you wanting to be America's sweetheart, kind of going in, being strategic with casting. There were obvious rumors that someone from Clayton's season was strategically coached by Game of Roses. So can I ask you point blank? Were you coached? Can we move on to the next question? Well, do you, you know about the rumors that someone was coached? Yeah, yeah. I I have been on Reddit. Um, I know that I've been, at least Reddit. early on, at least early on, I know that it was speculated, but after but, my elimination, I think that people had different- Well, it wasn't even speculated. Aspects. It was confirmed. Oh, no, I'm aware. I actually, I- I have listened but to clue says that. Yeah. Yes. I have, I am aware of that. It was confirmed. Um, I, what I was saying is that I, I know that it was speculated at least early on that I was the person who was coached. I know that that was a, an opinion that a lot of people on the internet had, but once I was eliminated quite quickly in the season, I believe that the, there were other suspects. So. Hmm. And no comment on whether you are <clears throat> coachy. No comment at this time. Okay. All right. We tried. All right. Well, moving on. So did they, what happened after Clayton's season? You get a, do you get a call to go to paradise? Because you were not on the beach and you were someone that a lot of people kind of had pegged as someone that would definitely go. Yeah. That was a really messy time in my life. Um, I had kind of been seeing someone that I let know that I was not this relationship wasn't serious. I was hoping to go to paradise and that breakup was messy. He took that hard. And then I was planning on going to paradise and waiting for my call. And I was, it was a very, very chaotic time. And for reasons unknown, I had gotten, I got a call. I was expecting to get my fly out date. I had done everything up to that point. And instead I got a call that said, they're going to go a different direction for paradise this year. And I tried really hard to get an answer as to why, just because it was going to drive me crazy, not knowing. Mm -hmm. And I was unable to do that. So I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know whether or not I wish, I wish I knew more. I wish that I could give more tea. I know that, I know that that just happens to people sometimes. I, I was just the, you know, and it's also, it's possible that, you know, they had, I mean, if they lumped me and Shanae in the same way that a lot of people did, if they wanted to, it's, it's, it's like, it's possible that they were just like, we need to focus on one very similar looking blonde villain this season. And they just decided Shanae was a better option. That's as possible as anything. You know, um, I was disappointed at the time, very, very bummed out. But like a month later, I met a wonderful guy that I ended up dating for six months. We're kind of on the rocks right now, but the relationship was 
very serious and I never would have met him if I'd done paradise. So it all worked out. But at the time I was extremely disappointed by that. Yeah. Yeah. When you say you had done everything like you needed to do up until that point, like what does that all entail? Is that like production saying, Hey, we want you to come to paradise and filling out forms. Like, I don't know, like, how do they keep you on hold like that? Well, it's definitely not as lengthy of a process as, as the initial casting process, because Mm -hmm. obviously they, they know you already. Um, but yeah, you are just sort of on hold. Um, most of the girls or most of the contestants, potential contestants get a call at roughly the same time about paradise. Um, and they, they, from what I understand, once again, none of this is like, I know this for sure. This is just my, my estimate based on what I've seen. Um, I think that they call probably twice as many people as they end up casting, possibly even more like they same, same thing as I said, with my guess about the uh, producing practices on the show being let's just film everything and then we can kind of build a story around it and yeah. whatever I think that they do a similar thing with casting for paradise they kind of call everyone leave their options open and then whittle them down as they kind of come up with you know what what storylines would be the best to to run with and what contestants they want to pair up and whatever you know what I mean I think that it's it's possible that I was left on the cutting room floor along with you know I know a couple of other people on paradise this past season or that were that were hoping to be on paradise that ended up getting cut late or got very, very late fly out dates when they were expecting to be more of a part of the season than they ended up being. So were you mad? You know, like watching it? Did you watch it and see Shanae get her redemption edit? And like, that's kind of a shitty feeling to watch former castmates, like go on. Like Genevieve was, I think got the most screen time of the entire season. And she's from Clayton's season. Just such a bummer. No, you know, I, 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 I watched, um, by this point I had very good relationships with not very good, but I was on a friend friendly basis with almost all the girls from my season and good friends with several of them. So I was excited to see them succeed. And there yeah. were moments, there were moments of just disappointment because it's like, man, I God, it would have been cool if I had gotten to experience that, or, you know, here's how this might've been different if I had been able to like have a, have a stake in the game. But, um, no, I, I tried not to let it take away from my happiness for the other girls. Although, you know, some of the girls, honestly, in talking about it afterwards, would have rather not gone than gone and gotten the hand that they were dealt. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's very, especially especially when, because let's be honest, like Shanae, they would have had to invest to give me a redemption arc because I was so much less of a known character than Shanae was by the, by the season's end um, by paradise. So it's like, there's a very real chance if I'm being honest that like, I would have been a very early elimination or just kind of an, you know, if I had come on, I would have probably been more of a non sequitur than a main character. So you didn't get to go to paradise. You watched it. You saw some of your friends get lots of screen time. How was it then like being post-show off the bachelor? Like, did anyone from bachelor nation ever slide in your DMS? Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a few, um, I have a few friendships with people from Bachelor Nation that uh, that I don't know if you'd call it DM sliding. I haven't hooked up with anybody or anything or gone on any dates with anybody from the nation. But like, but was it flirty? And was it Greg Grippo? No, <laughs> God, ever- I wish. No, God, I wish. <laughs> uh, I don't need. I I don't need Victoria. I, oh God, I, it's like I don't even want to say that because I'm like, I'm sorry, Victoria. You're so hot. I'm sorry that I like yeah. you. And I I had no <laughs> shot, like Queen. Um, but. Uh, no, definitely not. I'm not at that caliber. I think that there is obviously a hierarchy 
within Bachelor Nation as there is with anything really. And um, once you've ascended to a certain point in followers and notoriety, like the little guys, you, they don't really mingle unless you happen to like in person. When I went to Stagecoach, I mingled with a couple very, very, you know, popular and well-known and highly followed people from the nation. But, um, and everyone's very friendly in person, but in terms of like going out of their way to slide in DMs. That's that interesting though, that you're like, you think everyone knows that like, if I have above a hundred thousand followers, like I'm not going to interact with the girl from the show that has 5,000. I could see people being like that though. But do you, have you witnessed that? Like not in a way that I would blatantly accuse anybody of it, but I think that I, I think that there's a lot of people I live in, I live in Los Angeles and I'm not, so I'm not like coming for anyone in Bachelor Nation in particular. This is just a thing about people in this industry, not, you know, in, in the industry of having a popular Instagram page at a certain point, that's strategy too. You want to link up with people who it really only benefits you to link up with people who have similar following so that you can make content together and it can have a big audience. Like I, it's hard for me to say because I've never been at that level of Instagram fame. Who knows? I, I might even act similarly if I was, but I, I think that it's, it's silly to think that people don't do that. Um, I, you know, I've been ignored by people in Bachelor Nation, much more famous. Like there, there have been incidents, incidents where, you know, I was somewhere with a night one girl or something, and you bump into somebody who's very famous in Bachelor Nation and they just kind of brush you off because they're like, why would I talk to you? Even though it's like, I want to know who, yeah. Like, can you tell us who? It was someone from Katie season that, uh, that I ran into at Stagecoach and I, I never ran into him again. I can't, I don't know if it's like his character or if he was just having an off day, but he was really kind of rude and just didn't, you know, he, he, he came, I thought he was going to be much more charismatic. He had very little to say, you know, but on the flip side of that, you know, Blake H was at Stagecoach and I would be surprised if he even recognized my face. And yet he was extremely nice and introduced us to his girlfriend. And I missed his set because I was really sick the second day of Stagecoach. But like all the girls that I went with went to his set and nobody had anything but good things to say about Blake. No, we love him. That was not the experience. love Blake so much. Yeah, Blake is- Yeah, so he's like the um, exception, I think. That like the typical person that has a lot of followers maybe put their nose up. But like Blake is just such a sweet, humble guy. And we've had him on the show. He's been so, so kind to us that love him. And literally no one has ever written in about anything negative about him either. Like every interaction with Blake is like so nice. So you guys do like a tip line or whatever. Like, do you have like fans send you uh, like- Really? We have um, a segment called Bachelor Encounters and people will submit real life stories like, oh, I met Cassidy at the coffee shop. She was so nice and she took a photo with me. Um, they're wait, usually- was that, was that one? No, <laughs> I'm just giving oh an example. God. I was like, that, I was like, wait, that I'm happened. trying to think if we had any <laughs> like, I know her. <laughs> I was nannying with a few, I, I was nannying for a family with a couple girls like age seven and nine and I was at a Starbucks and the girl was like, were you on the Oh bed? my God, yeah. So, she took uh, a picture of me. So I was like, wait, wait, that happened. Okay, but yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, no. So we have a segment called that. It's very popular, actually. But we have people that, plenty of people that have met specifically Blake Horseman that are like, he is the nicest. Will go out of his way. He's super sweet. Um, but this guy from Katie season, geez, and he has a lot of followers. So we're gonna have to figure out who he is. Yeah, and I, you know, to be honest with you, I was very much, I felt shafted by the franchise. I felt shafted by my experience on the show. 
in a lot of ways. Like, I'm glad I did it. I don't regret it. And I don't regret doing it. I probably would do it differently if I could do it again. But so I kind of separated myself. And I also, I knew that I wasn't going to be like famous from paradise. And I, I basically kind of accepted defeat in that way. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to like go back to my normal life. Like clearly it's not in the cards. So I didn't make, I have not made much of an effort to hang out with bachelor people or DM them or, you know, try and become friends. Like there's several girls from my season that I talk to on like an, a weekly basis, but beyond that. So, you know, it's, I haven't had as many encounters with bachelor nation as you would think because someone has, as, as you would think that someone who has been on the show has. So my interactions are limited. That was one time. And mm-hmm. I was, I was underwhelmed by this person. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. 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 So there is definitely a hierarchy that I can see from the outside. And I just kind of wanted nothing to do with that. I don't blame you. I do want to ask you if someone came to you and was like, Hey, I'm going on the bachelor. I need your advice. What's one piece of advice you would give them going into that situation? Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of public opinion. (laughs) Okay. That's a good one. Okay. (laughs) I would say that, um, even if you think you're being funny, even if you think basically don't try and be funny at all, because unless you're doing something kind of silly and basic, like making a stupid pun about the location you're at or something, or like saying something relatable about like, you know, your skincare routine, no shade to Gabby. That just is what came to mind. Cause Zach season's on, but something, unless you're saying something like that, it's easy to villainize and people, people, I've learned a lot of America isn't very funny. No, they're not. No, and like they don't get they're, the they're easily they don't get duped. It. They are easily duped by the mm-hmm. edit. And on our podcast, I know you have listened in the past, but like on our podcast, we try to remind everyone that like if there is a situation, odds are there's like five people behind the, that person encouraging them to do it, setting up the scene, making sure that everything, every point is being hit. And a lot of America watches the show at face value, like, oh, what you're showing me is exactly what it was. And just. And you're doing the Lord's, you're, you're doing the Lord's work by doing that. So thank you for that. Oh yeah. If America needs any proof, if America needs any proof, look at like the French, like, you know, Mm. off the top of my head, nothing's coming to mind, but think about any season and like two people who really didn't like each other on that season. And if you look into it, they've probably made content together at some point. So like clearly a lot of things are not real beef and it's just not worth getting your panties in a lot over. Yeah. And like a little ominous music could turn anything into something dramatic. That is, I guess that is how I will put a bow on my advice to anyone who wants to go on the show is anything you're about to say, imagine it with an ominous score and then think about whether or not you still want to say it. That's so good because like if you were Gabby and you're like, um, he can watch me do my skincare routine. That with ominous music is probably still fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> saying something like, "Well, wh- I can Aim be on. Very, I can be very charming." Like, we'll see if he still wants to stick to this this promise or whatever. Like, you can be being cheeky, but an ominous score makes it look like you're up to something. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's uh, it's very difficult to stay on that side of the line. But try your best to try to stay Got on it. That. Good tip. Good tip. Um, so where can our listeners find you? I'm pretty off the grid. I'm really active on, I'm really only active on Twitter and Instagram. Um, okay. and hardly, but, uh, yeah, my Instagram is my full name at Cassidy Timbrooks and my Twitter is the same. 
And uh, I try and be funny on Twitter. So you can follow me there. I, I would recommend that over Instagram. And there's no music on Twitter. So you don't have to worry about. Yes. Really. Yes. It's hard to be misinterpreted when you're typing. So yes, lean into that. Awesome. Well, cool. thank you so much for taking the time today and chatting with us. It's been really nice hearing your side of the story. Would you, if you, if you find yourself single come summer, would you try to go on paradise this summer? I don't think that that's something that I want to do at this point, okay. but um, I hope I'm not single by this summer. Okay. Yes. We hope so too. We hope everything works out with the guy you have and if you're listening i still love you oh, well hope, send him the link have him listen give us yes. give us a, a public declaration of love we love to see it yeah. absolutely all right well it was very nice chatting with you guys thanks for making the time thank you thank talk you talk to you soon Bye. And that's our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you like what you hear, you better be subscribed and you better tell at least three people in your life. They don't have to be friends. The mailman, mm-hmm. a receptionist at an office, and like the person at CVS. Yes. I think those are amazing people that need to know about <laughs> She's All Vouch podcast. But seriously, that's your homework assignment. Just tell three people. I think word of mouth is the best way that we can grow. And come to Fox Fest. I cannot reiterate this enough, guys. It's going to be so fun. New York City, April 13th, Sound Lounge in Flatiron. Book your hotels, book your Airbnbs, drive across the country, fly in from any other country. Swim Come in. one, come all. Swim in. If, yeah, if you can't get a flight, just take a quick little swim. Oh, wait. We haven't said this on the podcast, but do you guys know that our Fantasy Suite recap episode was number one in the United States under the entertainment news category? Like, you helped us do that. That's so fucking cool. And what an episode. It was an episode where I misspoke and got 5,000 DMs about baller versus bothered. But I'm still happy. If that alone was, like, getting people to share it because they're like, look how dumb this bitch is. Like, Mm -hmm. she doesn't know that she didn't say that. But anyway, thank you guys for helping us get there. Hopefully our finale recap will hit similar numbers as well. I think it will. I think it will surpass. How do you go higher than one, Jackie, when you're on the top? True. The only way to go is down, as some might say. So mm-hmm. some have we have to watch before. our backs. Also, if you are planning to go to Fats Fest and you're like, what do I wear? I don't know. Maybe you can wear like a Fat sweatshirt, no wet blanket energy sweatshirt, something from our merch shop. Our merch is linked in the episode description. And you will look so fucking beautiful wearing it, whatever merch you have. But you can also win merch at Fats Fest. Yes, and special thanks to our sponsors. You can go to microdose.com and use code SHE'SALLBATCH to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Get ready to feel super relaxed with those. Mm-hmm. You could also sleep on the most buttery soft sheets you've ever laid your body on and go to attitude.com slash she's all batch and that will get you $25 off your first purchase. Yes. And then if you have gotten the best sleep of your life and you wake up and you're like, oh, but I'm a little stinky. I want to smell good. You can go to lumideodorant.com and use code she's all batch and that will get you $5 off your starter pack, which is literally over 40% off in savings when you use promo code she's all batch. Sounds like a really A lot of great things going on here. I know. It's a good place to be on this podcast. And as always, if you're looking for more bonus content, check out patreon.com slash she's all batch. Our recaps are going away temporarily because there isn't a show to recap. So we are going to be whipping up some really fun stuff over on Patreon. We've gotten some amazing feedback from you guys so far. So thank you for those who have subscribed and looking forward to seeing more of you subscribe. Yes. And now I think that's it. Goodbye, bitches.